Yeah, look, um, as I'm trying to get fit, which is a long-term goal, <laughs> I'm up for anything God wants to do to help me to do that. <laughs> so I just encourage you. If there's something and you've even got something remotely close in your body that sounds like it might be possibly you, jump up and have, have whatever God's got on offer on that day. Folks, you're here on a really enjoyable, wonderful day. Um, not just because we have nine heat pumps going. <laughs> Isn't this building amazing? You know, we just need to give God glory, don't we? People, people say to me often, uh, other pastors around the city, you know, gosh, it's, it's so lovely where you are, and, and I, I need to be reminded of that just as we all do. God, God has done something really wonderful amongst us um, in letting us be here. But it's a wonderful morning to be here today because of, it, of what she, who you're going to be listening to and what she's going to be sharing with us. Our speaker this morning has been here over the weekend, um, Julie Calvert, and she is the um, New Zealand director, I suppose you'd say, of healing rooms um, in New Zealand. She's uh, very much um, responsible for what has taken place here in, in our church and beyond, and Mark and Karen have benefited hugely by Julie being available to come and to teach and to inspire and to equip. Another thing that's just so good that we, we can just praise God for, you know, the first healing rooms in Christchurch was what God started here. Isn't that cool? And the other three or four that are around have sprung out of people coming and being part of the team for a while here and then just growing and growing. Sometimes we can miss the seed that becomes a plant in other places, but God, God starts it somewhere, and so we can be really, really encouraged. So I wonder if we can just put our hands together this morning and welcome Julie as she comes to speak to us. If you're sick at all, I really encourage you to put your spiritual antennae up and listen to what Julie has to say and listen to what God might be saying to you as well. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Precious Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the awesome presence, for your awesome presence in this place, in this house. Thank you for your relentless love that never changes, no matter our age. Because in the kingdom, there is no old age. Oops. Oh. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you, King Jesus. We love you, our glorious Lord. We adore you. We're so grateful, Lord. So grateful. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. You know what? Ex well, firstly, I'd like to thank Pastor John and Pastor Sandra because 
it's a bit scary having somebody that you don't haven't really heard before. And then I hear them speaking about this person. I'm thinking, gosh, I'd love to meet her. I wonder who she is. You see, God takes the foolish, foolish things of the world and does something extraordinary with a yielded, surrendered heart. And all of you, I think what blessed my heart more than anything, it really did. I look at you all and I think, guys, I asked the Lord on New Year's Day, what is this year? And he said to me, it's a brand new walk, brand new way, brand new day. This is a new day, new walk, new way. The way we are going, we have never walked before. You are living in a time in history that has never yet been upon the earth. You're living in the most significant time that the prophets of old longed for. You're history makers. We're all history makers, but you have the greatest history to make because you'll be here when we're long gone. Oh! And you are the ones that God has purposed and chosen to take the to take the banner from us and run, run, run. He is trusting you totally to fulfill what our generation wasn't able to. But in saying that, he's raising up the Moses generation, all us white-haired ones, blow, breathing on us afresh. Doesn't matter our age, if we're 100, he's breathing on us. If we're 90, he's breathing on us. Because when we started healing rooms, I said to him, why have I got all oldies? I wanted this age. And he said to me, I need the Moses generation to rise up before the Joshua generation will fulfill their call. And together, we'll walk across the earth and be known as the one generation. We will link arms in unity. And I was in worship in uh, Spokane in Washington. And I just heard and saw this amazing army. And our arms were linked. All ages linked arm in arm with love, great love, great power, and great unity. And, a, and just an incredible peace because we'd found out who we really were. And we were marching in unison. And I can still hear the sound of our boots as we marched across the globe, declaring the wonder and glory of our God. And out in front was Aslan, and he was roaring, like roaring, like... That's who is roaring over you. You don't ever have to be afraid. You're born. He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. And he purposed your time to come to earth. That's for all of us. He could have birthed us 200 years ago. But he said, no, no. I've got a purpose and a plan and a destiny for you to be birthed right now. We are a privileged generation. 
on this earth. Now that was not the way I was going to go, so there you go. Isn't Holy Spirit wonderful? I had resolved in my heart, oh, could I have my bag? Thank you. Not to do the raw today. But see, he doesn't look very big, does he? That's who's roaring over you. But you know more than that, that's who's living inside of you. That's why we can roar. And I was recently at a full gospel businessmen's conference and I was going to just share the scripture. I better share the scripture. New day, new walk, new way. Ephesians 3, 20. And I put Jesus wins because he's already won for us. We've just got to take up all he's done for us. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imaginations. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes us. And I encounter that energy of the Holy Spirit. And I have many stories, and I want to tell you about this particular story. If we knew the immeasurable power that resides inside of us, we would never be the same. And I was about to—I was about two weeks away, or ten days away, from going to be one of the speakers at the Full Gospel Businessmen's Conference in Palmerston North. And I was in the cafe doing some accounts with our accountant. And uh, three, uh, our accountant's a believer and two other Christian brothers were in the same cafe. And as we got to do the accounts, I suddenly felt so ill, like so ill. I just broke out in profuse perspiration and it felt like the heart attack that I had three years ago, just dripping and dripping and dripping and thinking, oh, I think, am I going home, Jesus? Because if I am, please hurry up and take me. I don't like this feeling. <laughs> or raise me up. And they called the ambulance, and the ambulance driver took my pulse or blood pressure and said to the crew, the driver, I'm struggling to find her pulse. And I thought, I know you are. I can feel myself going. And he said to me, do you, he said, have you got any pain? And I said, no, I haven't got any pain. He said, can you shift from the chair you're in? Do you think you could slide over to this other chair so we can get you into the ambulance? And I said, yes, I think so. As I stood up, his resurrected power rose up inside of me. And I said to the ambulance diver, oh, I'm healed. I don't need to go. I'm fine. And he looked at me and he said, you look so different. He said, I've never encountered anything like this in my entire life. 
in all my years of doing ambulance duty. Who believes that until when we're yielded and surrendered, as Sandra was saying, when we're yielded and surrendered, even if we were to die, I told my doctor, because he was grumpy about me not taking a particular medicine, and I said, no, I'm not taking it. I know the effects of it on me. I took it 12 years ago and put it down the toilet and never went back to the doctor for 12 years till I had the heart attack. And he said to me, well, I can't be responsible for you. I said, you never were. Jesus is responsible for me. <laughs> See, we need to let the world know who is responsible for us. And I said, even if I die, don't worry. If it's not my time, my friends will pray me back to life. Because <laughs> the truth is, if we die before our time, we will be prayed back. So therefore, what God is trying to bring to us in this day, a fresh yieldedness and a fresh surrender, that fear no longer plays a part of us. And I love what Sandra was saying about going from our head to our heart. And I thought about it and I thought, as long as we only have the head knowledge of God loves us, fear so often has a grip on us. When we have the heart understanding of the love of God, fear loses its hold because it says his perfect love casts out all fear. And so I ended up going to hospital and I thought, you know what? Devil, if you think you're going to have a field day with me, you watch what I'm going to do with you. And I shared Jesus because how can I know what I've been saved from? From having no childhood memory under the age of eight to being left to run a hotel at age 14 for the weekend while my parents went away and cooked for eight guests. How can I not fully yield my life? Somebody said to me, isn't it scary to totally surrender? But you know what? In the surrenderedness is the safest place will ever be. It's more scary living on the outside of surrender than it is on the inside. And you know, I think we stopped. Somebody said to me, but what if he sends you to Africa? Well, what if he does? He's already predestined your life. And in Isaiah 54, it talks about, it's a beautiful scripture about O afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted. I'm building you with stones of turquoise. Your foundations with sapphires and all your gates are sparkling jewels. And all your sons will be taught by the Lord and great will be your children's peace. How many in here believe that all our sons and daughters will be taught by the Lord and great will be their children's peace? We don't have to beg God to save our children. We have to believe his word. Oh, believe his word, believe his word, believe. Doubt, get out. It's a stinking thinking doubt, and it's got to go. It's got to get out of us. We've 
got to have that beautiful encounter with the Father who loves us. But in saying that, I was a Christian for 12 years before I'd even talked to God. You see, I had a radical encounter at 40. And I used to have a friend who would come and tell me about Jesus. And I thought, oh, not again. I'm a good Anglican. I go to church at Christmas and Easter. I don't need to know Jesus. Just be quiet. So she'd come and I'd run and hide in the wardrobe. Well, I needed Jesus. And I started going to the Anglican church in a little place called Opanaki. And it was a Life in the Spirit seminar. And I had a radical encounter. In fact, it was so radical, the family wanted to lock me in the wardrobe for two years. I I just took my Bible everywhere. I was so hungry. I just consumed the Word of God. I, you know, and the times over my life when I got lukewarm. But, you know, our life is a journey. It's never going to be instant like that. It was never meant to be. Because actually, our life on earth is boot camp. It's army camp. And I'll tell you, sometimes getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and putting on your army boots and going for a five-mile run is no joke. But that's what our Christian walk can be like. For your sufferings or your afflictions are just but for a short time. But the adventures of a surrendered life are indescribable. Why I ever lived that other way, I have no idea. But you know, that relentless love chased me and chased me and chased me. Because I was predestined before I left heaven to become that overcomer written about in the book of Revelation. God broke all shame. Right now, just close your eyes. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse all shame over lives, curse the very root of it, command it to leave in Jesus' name. I speak to every spirit of shame over anyone in this room, and I command you to get out in Jesus Christ's name. And I release fulfillment I release acceptance. I release precious in the beloved are his ones. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, fear and shame go hand in hand. And we break the power of shame and fear right now in Jesus' name. Command all fear to go and we release that perfect love. That perfect love. You are deeply loved, richly treasured, and greatly valued. Deeply loved, richly treasured, and greatly valued. Deeply loved, richly treasured, and greatly valued. Greatly valued. And you know, it's interesting because having had no childhood memory, it's like God is restoring my childhood now. That's why I can leap for joy and get excited. Because as a little, you know, the Bible says, unless you become like a little child, you're not into the kingdom of heaven. But a little child has an, a simplistic trust. And I tell the story of, you know, the, um, you guys are called the bride of Christ and we're called the sons of God. So, you know, it's just 
It's just the way it is. But we're all sons of God, and God is awakening. We are in the last great awakening before the return of the Lord. And this awakening will not stop until he returns. So you're living in a phenomenal time. And the interesting thing is that... uh, hmm. Okay. Wow. Um, He's the last great awakening. And he's purposed us. He's destined us. But what does it mean to live in complete trust? Oh, okay. Just trying to work out what that time says up there. Um, And there's two boys, John and Peter. And they're three years old and six years old. And the boys are playing Lego. And the father is a loving father, amazing father, a kind father. They've found the true father, the true heart of Father God. And they're playing Lego. And the father comes to them and says, Hi, John. Hi, Peter. I just came to tell you, I'm taking you to the beach today. And both boys were delighted. But he said, I'll come and get you when it's time to go. So they're playing and building and and they're making the most amazing designs. And suddenly John, the six-year-old, calls out and says, How long before we go? How long do I have to wait? In the meantime, John is just playing. John was the one who laid his head on Jesus' heart. But John was playing with Lego. He knew his father would get him at the right time. And half an hour later, Peter calls out. He's the radical one. Peter calls out and says, Have you got my water? Have you got food for us at the beach? And the father says, Yes, Peter, you know I'll have all things necessary. And in the meantime, John is continuing to build because he knows his father is trustworthy and that at the right time, the waiting will be over and he'll come and get him. And then half an hour later, Peter calls out, Did you get the surfboard? The Lord wants to take us back to that three-year-old simplistic trust and faith that we may not understand why we've had to wait. We may not understand why things happen to us. We may not understand why something went different to what we'd planned. But when we know him and can trust him, then we don't have to have the answers. Then we live in in what Brother Lawrence wrote about 500 years ago, practice the presence of God. And we have forgotten in this technological generation what it means to sit and enjoy who he is. Moment by moment, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. And the word says that I've given you grace for today. When we become anxious or worried and think about tomorrow, I'm not talking about planning because there are certain things we have to plan, but when we've done our planning, let's leave it. 
And let's enjoy him. The word says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall grant you the desires of your heart. Now, I'd always had a longing to go to the mission fields. And I heard Heidi's story a few months back when she came to New Zealand. And she was telling us a story about, um, or it might have been last year I heard her, about how she ran to the front and surrendered. And God sent her to Indonesia, then to Africa. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, that's not fair, God. I surrendered my life too. And I didn't get sent to the mission fields. And the father said to me, yes, you did. But you didn't ask me what mission field. And the mission field was New Zealand. And God has given me such a love for our nation that it's an indescribable love. It's the love the Father feels for all peoples. And so what does that love look like? When I was walking down to open the women's meeting at the Four Gospel Businessmen's uh, Conference, I was running a little bit behind time because the cafe had been so busy. And coming towards me was a young woman. And all I saw over her was complete hopelessness. Just so broken, so ready to end it all. And I thought, gosh, I'm going to be late for this meeting if I stop and talk to her. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, well, Jesus was late for Lazarus, but look what happened. <laughs> it's getting out of our plans and into his plans, yielding our agenda and flowing with his agenda. And so I just stopped and I shared God's love with her, just shared that she was valuable and she was loved and she was such a treasure. And she stopped and she said to me, I've had the worst two weeks in my entire life. And I said, honey, you need Jesus. And she said to me, I'm not religious. And I said, and neither am I. And he hates religion, and so do I. It's about a relationship. And she said to me, can I just say, yes, Jesus? And I said, yes. So she said, yes, Jesus. You could hear the desperateness. Yes, Jesus. And then she said to me, oh, my God. She said, he's inside of me. Now, that's a born again, born again. Ooh. Oh, my God, she said. He's inside of me. And I said, Lord, there better be a scripture for this or I'm going to get into trouble. And he said, those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I didn't take it through the four spiritual laws. And I'm not saying that was wrong. But we are in a new day. We are in a new walk. We are in a brand new way, a way we've never walked before. Are we willing to live in the day and enjoy him? Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the flowers. Enjoy your friendships. And release kindness. What if we were known as the kindest nation on all the earth? And... Uh, I don't plan these things. I've just said yes to Jesus. And I'm in the doctor's the other day, and this complete stranger comes up to me, and he says, you glow. 
do you know you shine? And I'm thinking, flip, okay. He said, you're so kind. I'd taken time to speak to a, uh, a Down syndrome less. And he said, I said, oh, well, I love Jesus. He said, well, I don't know what it is. He said, but I need to tell you, you shine. And he said, you're so kind. What if we were known? Am I like that all the time? No. Do I fall over? Of course, because it's a journey. But I know I'm forgiven, and I've forgiven myself. One of the biggest things, I believe, for all of us, we all know we're forgiven, but have we ever said, God, I forgive myself for the mistakes, for the mishaps? Don't live in remorse, darling oldies, young ones. If he's forgiven us, how can we not forgive ourselves? And sometimes unforgiveness of ourself holds us back. So when you're on your way home, just say to him, Father, I do choose to forgive myself. And you'll be free. And it's a new day, new walk, new way. And he wants us to be free to walk in the fullness of who he is. And so that trip to the hospital on the way down, the ambulance driver, I said to him, do you know Jesus? And he said, and I thought, well, you can't get out. You're in the ambulance. I'm in the ambulance, so we're stuck together for the hour's trip. And he said to me, oh, I went to a church school. Don't speak to me about religion. I said, oh, no, I'm not speaking about religion. I hate religion. I'm speaking about relationship. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, it's about Jesus and his love for you. And his great destiny for you. See, you guys, all of us, no matter what our age, have got greatness. You've got greatness in you that you don't even see. There's greatness in you, greatness, that he's going to download stuff to you. It's going to, all of us, you know, it says immeasurably more. Immeasurably is unlimited. We can't, I've just had it on my heart that immeasurably more. That when we know at the end of the age only three things are going to remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So let's get baptized in a fresh fire of love and watch the miracles break out. See, the miracles come out of love. The miracles come out of knowing who is inside of us. And I think so often we've tried to fix the old us instead of understanding that we are brand new creatures in Christ. And inside of us, here, I'm going to get you all to stand soon, and roar. There's nothing like a corporate roar. And I'll tell you the story about the roar. And how it came into being. Because I'm no different than you guys. I was nervous, unsure, didn't know who I was, was messed up emotionally. I live with a fear that was an irrational fear. And when I see this woman standing here today, 
I fight for everyone else to find that freedom because I know what I've been saved from. And I know there are no favorites in God's family. And I know that what he's done for me, he wants to do for you and even greater. And so we'd finished it. We were doing a training day in Pukekohe in a Presbyterian church. And this man came up to me and he said, you didn't share about how you were delivered of an ancestral spirit of murder. I had a rage that was quite horrific. And I, when I got born again, I could feel this thing in here. And I asked everybody what it was and nobody could tell me. But I'd always feel this thing. And quite by accident, never an accident in God. He has planned every part of our life. And I, f- I do believe many things that will happen to us that were never intended for us. But he has promised to use everything for good. So no matter what happens to us, everything is yes and amen and a winner for Christ and a jewel in his crown as we choose to run with the everything will be used for good. Yes, we may be stuck in it for a little while and it may be incredibly painful. I'm not disputing that. But you come out as a victorious overcomer that's written about in the book of Revelation. He already knew, but he already planned. Psalm 91 is the one psalm you guys need to know off by heart. Derek Prince said 12 to 30 years ago, at the end of the age, you would need to know Psalm 91 off by heart. It's your shield, it's your faith, it's your covering, it's your protection. And it's a beautiful psalm. And I'm still learning. I haven't learned it off by heart yet. But it's getting there. Because if I was imprisoned, I would want to know that psalm off by heart. We don't know what's ahead, but we can trust the one who does. So I I went to this camp, and this couple, Harold and Rosemary Scoggins, were doing... um, uh, ancestral inequities, they believed. And I had to talk to Graham Cook about this because he said, we're present future people, and we are. He said, always be mentored by a present future person. He said, and I, so I asked him, well, how come I got delivered of an ancestral spirit of murder? He said, well, sometimes you have to deal to the past to walk into the future. But that's partly because we don't know who is in us and who we are. But I did get delivered of that and went in to um, watch my friend being delivered of an ancestral spirit of witchcraft. And um, I felt this thing in here moving again. And I thought, oh. And I said to them, look, I need prayer. And they were an older couple, very mature. And they said to me, Julie, we don't want you to be frightened. But the Holy Spirit has shown us that you... Your ancestors were Irish, and they murdered and plundered on the Irish plains, and you are carrying an ancestral spirit of murder. Well, it just came off me like that, and I never had problems with rage again. But it was pretty intense at the time. But it was a wonderful freedom. Freedom is what Christ died for, to give us. So this guy comes up to me at this training day and says, 
um, you know that you'd got delivered of an ancestral spirit of murder? And I said, yes. He said, well, that's what I carry. Ever since you did that training day three months ago, I know that's what it is. I said, well, look, can you wait till the end of the day? And when we do the impartation, we'll, after that, we'll pray for you. He said, okay. So I get up to him for the impartation, and everybody's just holding their hands out like this. The minister, the Presbyterian minister standing behind him, and I'm thinking, oh, okay. And I hear the voice of God. And obedience is better than sacrifice. And I hear the voice of God, and he says to me, I want you to roar over him. I never even knew that roaring was a part of God's word, to be honest. I've found out since it's in Isaiah and in Revelation. And I thought to myself, you can't afford to start thinking when you hear God's voice. You've just got to do it because you'll think yourself out of it. As I stood there, I thought, how am I going to face God at the end of the day if I don't release this roar? But I also thought, what if it comes out as a squeak? I was having this conversation with God, but it became such a conviction. And I thought, you know what, I'll get run out of town, but I don't really care. It's the one up there that I'm pleasing, not man. And there is a time when we will be challenged to either walk in the awe of God or the fear of man. The fear of man holds us in a sneer. The awe of God sets us into freedom and liberty, and boldness, and courage, and so I released this roar, and it shocked me, it shocked the Presbyterian minister, but he said to me, oh my goodness, that's the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah, well the guy shot back under the spirit, went down, and he was out for 10 minutes, cold, and he came up to me afterwards, I said, Lord, we'll pray for that deliverance. He said, I don't need prayer. He said, when you roared, that thing left me. Isn't that an easy way of deliverance? I love that. <laughs> but what I've realized as the Lord's called me to release the roar, it's a righteous anger that says, how dare you, enemy, keep, people's, keep people in captivity. He wants those grave clothes off. He wants us to walk in all the fullness and destiny that we were purposed for before we left heaven. And so we get to do another training day in Gore. And I get to this lady and I'm saying, Lord, just set her free. I could see stuff, set her free. And I hear the still small voice say, I want you to roar over her. And I'm saying to God, you don't roar in Gore. <laughs> it was... It, <laughs> God and I have this conversation, and he, he will just talk to you in your unique way. You will love it. It's so, such an amazing adventure. And so I said to the Lord, and you do, if, you, if you ask him something, then he will answer. Because I said, well, if it's you, Lord, then she's to be down in the spirit in two minutes. Well, she hit the deck. And I'm thinking, oh, bother. I ask, now I've got no choice but to obey. See, I have that awe of God that I know everything I do on this earth is written in my book in heaven. 
and that everything here has an eternal consequence. We are being trained here for reigning there. You are being trained here for reigning there. And it's an amazing life. It's amazing. And so I thought, oh, I better get down. So I got down on my knees, and she was like in a coffin, honestly. It was like she was flat out in a coffin. And I roared, well, I got the biggest fright of my life. She sat bolt upright like this. From being like this, she sat bolt upright. She missed my head by that much. She did knock me flying. And she went back down, and she just shook under the power of God for probably, I don't know, till we finished um, our impartation. But she did not know who had roared over her. See, if it's Jesus, people don't need to know. They know it's Jesus. And she wrote me a letter and said, I want to tell you what happens with that roar. And I think this is a word for us today. She'd had some crosswords with her son that was very ill, and there'd been some exchange. And he had spoken to her, and the knife had pierced her heart spiritually and brought bleeding and pain to her heart. And when the roar came, she saw herself tucked in this huge lion's mane. And the Lord spoke to her and said, when you hear the roar, your enemies have to scatter. And she was set totally free. She's a totally different woman. And she said, there's still an outworking of that going on. So I want to encourage you. God has a destiny and a purpose for every single one of you. It's no accident that you're here today. He purposed it. He's designed it. He's the great designer. And I want you to try and do something. I want you to close your eyes and ask the Lord, whereabouts in heaven are you standing? Where am I in heaven, Lord, today? Because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're inside of him and he's inside of us. Father, show them where they are today because they're seated with you in heavenly places. Are they on the sea of glass? Are they in a beautiful field with poppies? Are they riding on the wings of eagles? This is all the book of Acts coming to pass. Are they being transported? You want to transport people like you did Philip. You want to wake us up out of religion and bring us into deep, deep relationship with you. The power of the cross and the blood of Jesus are our sufficiency. And nothing shall by any means harm us. Father, I pray today that every single soul here would have an encounter in their heart with you. That every lie of the enemy 
would be pulled down and scattered under the blood of Jesus, that those lying spirits would cease now in Jesus' name, cease whispering lies that you have no value. Who do you think you are? You're not going to make it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are born into greatness. You are born for a destiny. You are born to make history. You are history makers. Oh, run with all he's put in you because you already carry three Olympic medals. You are part of the tribe of the Lion of Judah. And he's roaring over his people. He's roaring. There's not one of you that can think, I've missed it, because that's a lie. No matter your age, he wants to freshly encounter you. He wants to encounter you like that young woman on the streets who called out, oh my God, he's living inside of me. I feel so different. It's time we were born again, born again. It's time we encountered the king day by day. It's time for divine appointments. It's time for our shadows to heal the sick. Ooh! It's time for us to choose to walk past somebody in a wheelchair and make sure our shadow falls over them. It's time to see who we were really born to be. Because our parents don't determine who we are. They were the best they knew how to be. But they didn't always do it right. But I do not have to be what my past was. I choose to be who God birthed me to be in these last few years of my life. I want the last part of my book to be one of glory and honor and majesty and wonder to the king. And I hear the Lord saying, if you want to make that fresh surrender, fresh commitment to come forward, it's time to kneel before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because there is the clashing of kingdoms. Oh! It's the safest place you'll ever find yourself in. Oh! We're going to wait. Because Jesus is calling. He's calling all of us. He's, he's after the prodigals. And we're all prodigals till we find ourselves in that place of surrender. Thank you, Jesus.
I have found a resting place, a resting place for my soul. And it's deep inside that resting place where I am being made whole. Resting place in the heart of God. Resting place for you and me. Resting place in the heart of God is where we're being set free. We have found a resting place, a resting place for our soul. And it's deep inside that resting place where we are being made whole. Resting place in the heart of God. Resting place for you and me. Resting place in the heart of God is where you're being set free. And I hear the Lord saying, I'm seeing hearts yielded. It's not between anybody else, but it's between you and him. And he'll speak to you. Ooh. More, Lord, more of your amazing love. More of that amazing love. Saturate every soul here in your amazing love that drives out all fear. I hear him saying, come, come my child, come my children, come. Come and yield again. Come and yield afresh. If there's anybody here that doesn't know that love and you'd like a hug after the service, hugs are healing. He wants to hug you back to life. Or there's anybody here that's never met Jesus. He wants to meet with you. He knows all about you, but he loves you extravagantly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just see the angels of God dancing over you, dancing over you. If you want to kneel where you are, then kneel where you are. Don't be afraid of what others think. 
because it's not about them. It's about you and him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's amazing, this freedom and, and kneeling that I never, ever realized. It's such a safe place because you're going low. You can't go any lower. Oh! Father, we give you our lives afresh today. And in yieldedness is our greatest destiny. When we strike a hard place and we go low and yield, you will bring the freedom and the answers that we need. Because you are our loving Father. You're not like our earthly Father. You're a true Father. Who's calling your kids home? You're calling us out of the kitchen of good works. Oh, I'm believing the lives of the wicked stepsisters like Cinderella, believing that if we worked hard enough for God, we'd be acceptable to his sight. And Holy Spirit, you are coming to gather the Cinderellas and the, the men and women of God, and you're taking them into the palace of the king, and I see God, just like the little boys with the Lego, I see Holy Spirit taking us into the palace of the King, wow. handing us to Jesus. And for we women, Father's, Jesus is handing us to the Father. And the Father says, come, my beloved, and dance with me. And we dance round and round and round this beautiful ballroom. And we've got our head close to his heart. And then the father says, you've spent that time with me. I'm going to let you go and go and gather others into the dance. Because there's a hurting, broken world that needs to know who I really am. That I am a good, good father. In Jesus' name, amen. stay in the position that you are I, I just want to do this so that I don't miss it and and that is can we just have every head bowed you know Julie has just talked about this amazing adventure of being part of Jesus being part of his church and you know if you've never never given your life to Jesus Christ why don't you do that today why don't why don't you just say Jesus yes Jesus I need you I want you you know, it's the sin in our lives that gets between us and him. But he has made provision. He's paid all of the price for all sin, including yours and including mine. And if we will ask him, God, I just want to be forgiven of that. I want you in my life. I want this real relationship. I want what Julie has. I want what I see in other people, but it's not happening in me. Why don't you just surrender today and, and just invite him into your life? Could you just signal me if, if you want to do that today? If you, want to, if you want a relationship with him, if you want it to start today, 
just give me a wave and I would love to be able to pray with you, to pray for you. I missed you just wave so that I do see it I just don't want to take a long time but I, I want to be honest about that just give me that wave God bless you God bless you this is amazing this is so cool God bless you okay just look up towards me let's just pray together that that prayer and the person who who, who is responding to the Lord's touch in your own life today you pray this from your heart Jesus thank you for loving me thank you that I'm special to you thank you that you have forgiven me I open wide my heart take all of the rubbish out of me and may all of you come and live within me Holy Spirit, I need your power. Come and invade my life. Let me hear your voice. Open your word to me so that I can walk that path and have that adventure that you want for me. I believe this has taken place right now today for me <laughs> that you're roaring over my life and my life will never ever be the same because of you in Jesus name Amen hey can we give thanks to God for that person who responded to his love this morning yes God <laughs> Julie, thank you so much for, can we have the band come? We will close with a song. Um, for making your walk so open and clear to us and just leading us out of all of the routines and the rituals and the religion that gathers around us so easily into, into your, the realness of your walk. Isn't God good? Hey, did you notice today that um, Julie spoke to everyone, but she especially spoke to you guys? It was just so obvious. And it's because there's something on God's heart that he, he is wanting to be able to inspire and to touch and to impart into you of that walk and that destiny that you've got. That's cool. You're a wonderful group. so much to us as a church. Um, Julie and I were just chatting beforehand and, and we um, were just remarking together how God wants to give us an upgrade. And I don't know about you, but I feel that that's happened this morning, that God's given us an upgrade in terms of Him wanting to use us in just really natural ways out there in people's lives and this aspect of sharing His love sharing his power and healing is, is, our, is our, his plan for us. This, this is becoming more and more normal, natural. Hearing God's voice, following those nudges, seeing the power of God being released over people's lives. Did we do a corporate walk? 